Don't be dipping your fingers in his special demon sauce. What's wrong with you? Hello everybody, welcome back to Witchfix. Today is Halloween for me, I'm very excited. And of course, everyone knows the craft legacy comes out today. So I decided to watch Witches of Amityville. <laughs> I don't know why. It came up in one of my searches recently. I guess it must have come out recently on DVD. Straight to DVD. Uh, it's another High Flyers movie. And we've had some, some good films from High Flyers before. The Cleansing, I still rate, is one of the better films that I've I've seen on the for the podcast. It, you know, it had a small budget pretty clearly. But the acting was pretty good. The story was interesting. And it, it you know, it did what it had to do. It did it in a quite an engaging way. This film, on the other hand, oh boy. Um, it's always a bad sign when I get bored. Even though the film is like terrible and there's a lot of notes and stuff to write down. If I get bored and just stop engaging with it entirely, that's kind of the kiss of death. And I was kind of looking forward to this because it has a good cover. Uh, it looks very spooky. The production values of the actual like images... On, on the back of the, the box, the, the pictures, uh, they looked pretty good, like pretty good effects and stuff, kind of gory. I was excited and I was mistaken. So um, to read you from the back of the box, it says fans of the witch and the craft will love this dark offering. But those are two big names to invoke, uh, but there we go. The uh, actual plot summary is the evil Dominique Markham attempts to resurrect the demon bodice to wreak havoc in the world. The young witches from the Amityville Academy must come together to fight using everything they have learned and magic more powerful than anything seen before. This group of young witches will risk their lives to save the world from evil. And now usually there's some relation between what's written on the back of the box and the content of the actual film inside. There's basically none. Uh, the actual story of this, all of the girls at the academy are evil and on the side of Dominique. Only one of the girls from the academy ends up on the side of good. And she's only at the academy for, I'm generously going to say, 45 minutes. So... Whoever wrote that, like, back of box texts needs to be fired, quite frankly, because <laughs> I don't think they watched the movie either. Um, I'm just going to trigger one at the start of this. The movie is a certificate 15, and I'm going to trigger one for some hanging slash lynching that happens in the opening minutes, just because that might be distressing to some. It's incredibly poorly acted, so it won't seem real, if that's what you're worried about. But there we go. And the movie is an hour and 27 minutes long, which is 27 minutes longer than it should be. And it has cojones the size of fucking blimps. This movie thinks so much of itself, and we'll get into it as we go through, because it's annoyed me now. I am annoyed. We start in the woods with some historical people in some of the cleanest, most nicely ironed clothes I've ever seen. Uh, dragging three women to a tree to hang them for witchcraft. These women are also very clean. They show no signs of having been, you know, maybe kept in prison or subjected to some sort of trials or maybe even just dragged from their homes. No, they look fresh as daisies and one of them has bleached blonde hair in ringlets, which is definitely something that they would have had back then. Huzzah! Realism. Uh, they drag them to be executed. The three witches are chanting in what I'm going to say is Latin because pff, isn't it always? But the word Nosferatu was definitely in there. So I feel like they just 
picked creepy cool sounding words to say as well, including Nosferatu. The vampire. The strangling then takes place with the women like being hauled up on the nooses and coughing. Um, I don't know that you would be able to actually cough if a, a piece of rope was constricting your windpipe, but I'll let that go. What I won't let go is the blonde one, kind of shaking from side to side and then going, oh, ah, uh, and just tipping her head to one side with her tongue out like, oh, I'm dead now. This is acting. Um, so that pretty much sets you up for everything that the movie has to offer, i.e. terrible attention to detail and poor acting. Also, there's a title card at this point. We've already had one that says Witches of Amityville at the DVD screen, but now it says Witches of Amityville Academy. So this movie has two titles and both are in the movie. Back in present day, bearing in mind we never got told when the history part was meant to be taking place, two burglars arrive um, to break into a safe that's meant to be in this house that they've gone to. This is a pretty incidental scene. It just seems to be here to set up the fact that this film about witches contains witches, which is good to know. Uh, but they go into the house to look around because apparently the, you know, this, this place is rich. There's a safe there. There's loads and loads of money. The decorations of this house do not support this. They are like the poorest shit that you can buy from a thrift store that's just about to close down due to lack of interest. Some pretty really shit knickknacks and like a really old record player. It's like none of these things scream wealth to me. But they, they look around for some stuff. Uh, a woman then turns on a lamp, which frightens the burglar. Um, it's the blonde woman from the opening. The three women we're about to be introduced to are the three women who were hanged on the tree. And I just started referring to them as Blondie, Brunette and Redhead because we don't learn their names for 35 minutes. But she frightens the burglar and then another woman, the dark haired one, uh, frightens the other burglar and she's like oh I wouldn't want to have to hurt you so you should probably just leave and then when she when he doesn't she just like holds her hand out at him and he kind of like shakes and chokes a little bit like he wasn't told what she was meant to be trying to do to him and then falls down the floor and I assumed he was unconscious but he gets straight back up again like a minute later this opening scene really does establish all the problems with the magical powers being displayed in this movie which is one the victims of the powers don't seem to have any idea of what is meant to be happening to them. They'll like choke or they'll like shake. But, you know, it just kind of looks like they're having a terrible seizure, like terribly acted seizure. Um, they're not being like force choked or anything. They're not showing like their heart is trying to come out. There's no real evidence or gesture that they're doing that lets you know, you know, what this magic is apparently doing to them. Also, the person gesturing and like the thing happening to the person, um, this goes on for way too long. And there are many loving shots of just people holding their arms up with their hands out while someone makes choking noises for like three minutes with complete silence. There is no like musical cue to show that like magic is occurring, no rise in the actual like atmospheric music because very few scenes in this movie have background music that is detectable to the naked ear. Uh, so it's really unclear what they're trying to do. Also, as we go through, you'll see that no one actually kills anyone with magic in this movie. They get killed with the spooky knife of spookiness. So... It kind of just looks like a bunch of women gesturing at each other and they don't have magic powers at all. They're just delusional. But back to the burglars. Uh, they find the safe, which is a hotel safe, which has a human skull in it, which is never revisited and I don't know why it's there. 
Um, the witches then corner these two men, and although one of them says they should keep them as butlers, they decide to wipe their minds and set them on the path of righteousness, and then they wake up in their car and drive away. So this is establishing the good witches of the piece. As I said, it's kind of pointless. They then sit around the table downstairs in the living room, drinking Chardonnay around like a bunch of candles and flowers. And here I question how old these women are meant to be, because the setup of the three of them living together, I guess they're sisters, we find that out later, but the, the three of them living together, the kind of outfits they're wearing, the way they talk, makes me think that they're meant to be like mid-twenties. They are probably mid to late forties. Two of them are a lot older than one of the other ones. Um, there's definitely been a lot of Botox going on, but my issue is just like, why are we having people who are of this age act so much younger than they obviously are? And why can't we just have them just living normally as like middle-aged women, which is what they are, and not like the kooky 20-somethings, like they're trying to be charmed. And they really are trying to be charmed, as we find out later. But that's all going on. I will also point out that they're drinking white wine. Evil witches drink red wine, because symbolism. We're now introduced to Jessica. I thought Jessica was the main character, but to be fair, she is conspicuous by her absence through most of the film. She's unfortunately probably the best actress out of the bunch, aside from the lady who plays Sally, who dies almost immediately. But we're introduced to Jessica. She is woken from a flashback by her taxi driver. She's being taken to the Amityville Academy to learn drama, I think we find out later. But she didn't apply there. She'd never really heard about it, doesn't seem to know anything about it, but she's been accepted, so yay! That's not sketchy at all. She then gets dropped off and has to walk through the forest to get to the academy. Um, she meets a lady at the door who's wearing a black mini dress and a cape, which seems to be the uniform for this school. This is the bit where it feels like it's trying to be American Horror Story Coven, and it just is a terrible imitation of that for a while. Uh, but they invite her in. She has only got one backpack with her, like a North Face backpack. And it's like, you're going to this academy, to school, presumably for the year. Where is all your shit? Why is it this one backpack? I don't know what to tell you. But she's introduced to Catherine and a bunch of other girls who go to the school. They all seem kind of stuck up and a bit snobby. They tell her about Miss Morecambe, who is Dominique Morecambe of the Back of the Box fame, who she's introduced to... Uh, unfortunately Dominique can't act that well so her lines come off kind of funny but basically she says that she's welcome to the school Jessica's going to get taught a lot of stuff and then she gives her a contract on vellum to sign in blood and says you will be ours for the foreseeable future and Jessica's like ha -ha, or until graduation right and Miss Morecambe's just like yes if you like sign the contract in blood so she signs the contract in blood, which is like, this woman has no alarm bells. Uh, she's then offered a glass of wine, red wine, because evil, and declines because it's getting late, as opposed to it would be illegal for her to have this wine, because, I don't know, she sounds American, a bunch of the other characters are American. What is the legal drinking age here? Is it ever acceptable for a teacher to give you alcohol? Many questions, but she, she goes to bed. Her room, by the way, is pretty kick-ass. Wherever they Airbnb sourced this set from, look, looks really nice. Then we had a moment which was just so odd that it made me laugh out loud. Jessica goes to the window of her kick-ass new bedroom, looks out, and the good witches are clustered around the gate outside, like 
they're late for a Halloween party and don't quite know how to ring the intercom, wearing like pale grey robes and looking up at her window. And she just looks at them like, what the fuck? And then she turns around because Sally enters the room, who's another new student, but never looks out the window or comments on the presence of these weirdos again. She just goes unremarked upon. Anyway, she meets Sally, the second best actress of the movie. Enjoy her for the two scenes she's in. And she says that she's feeling a bit funny from the wine, suspicious wine, and then promptly goes to sleep on the sofa. Jessica takes a shower and Catherine spies on her and sees that she has a weird tattoo on her lower back, which is apparently a special mark, which usually has two horns, but Jessica has three. So that's cool. The mark kind of looks like a wiggle and then a Satan um, trident and then another wiggle. Uh, Jessica is then summarily abducted from her bed and dragged to a coven meeting around the dining table. For the duration of this meeting, Sally is gagged. Jessica is not, and yet she only has like one line of dialogue when all of what I'm about to describe to you goes down. So they tie them both to chairs. Everyone's still wearing cloaks. Madame Markham, or whatever her name is, just gestures towards Sally with her hand for like an hour because loving shots of people just holding their hands up at stuff. Sally jerks around in her chair, but nothing actually happens. And then Markham goes like, ah, so we have a volunteer to go first, which makes no sense. She then comes around behind Sally and says some stuff about sacrifice, bring me the chalice. This, this chalice is a black bowl, not a chalice. There we go. That's beside the point. Um, she then says, with this power of blood or whatever, this demon shall arise and all who burned us at the stake shall meet their demise, despite that everyone was hanged. And we didn't even see a flashback of Dominique getting hanged. So don't know what her issue is. Her motivation never really enters into things. She's just evil because she is. Um, throughout this, Jessica just looks confused, but aside from saying, hey, stop it, once, she doesn't say anything, even as they cut into the lump on Sally's throat that is a lump and a suspiciously different colour to the rest of her neck, and some lacklustre blood sprays out from, like, two places, and then she dies. Uh, they put her blood in the bowl and, I guess, taste it, which seems like bad form if this is a sacrifice for a demon, like... Don't be dipping your fingers in his special demon sauce. What's wrong with you? Um, so Jessica just sits there being kind of a limp fish and uh, then somehow manages to magic herself free. She crashes down the stairs, like into the foyer. She's wearing shoes, but they abducted her from her bed. So she can't have been wearing shoes in bed. They definitely wouldn't have put shoes on her just to sacrifice her at a table. So what? She, she put them on in between shots? I guess that's when she grabbed her bag of clothes, even though she's not carrying it in this scene, but does continue to change her outfit throughout the rest of the movie. I see you, movie. Anywho, uh, she, she crashes downstairs. She's languidly pursued by some of these schoolgirl witches who just kind of come around corners or out of doorways and like finger wave at her and are like, hi. And then they don't do anything to stop her leaving. She runs like six metres from the house and through the gate and they get halfway to the gate, see her exit and like, well, she's gone through the gate now. We can't chase her because of reasons. So uh, she, she gets to a graveyard, but then she starts getting a headache and Dominique arrives to try and hold her hand out at her and do something magical that we don't know what, but it goes on for a long time. 
this is the point where the three good witches show up to rescue Jessica. They show up in a car uh, and tell her to get in while they confront Dominique. Dominique is holding like one hand up, producing some very shit looking green lightning. Uh, the other three are holding their hands up and they have like purple lights on their hands. That isn't like shooting lightning back. It's just like a light on their hand. And Dominique somehow between like two shots goes from, oh, I'm cocky. I'm only using one hand and half of my power to like get you to like screaming in defeat as she's thrown to the ground. That, that's a very quick jump, but okay. Um, they then chuck Jessica in the car and they drive off. They get back to the good witch house. They tell her that, that the house is protected by boundaries, which is vague. Jessica then goes to bed and has a nightmare about Sally having her throat slit. No one has called the police. I feel like as soon as Jessica met like people who weren't trying to kill her, she should have been like, oh my god, phone the cops. But she never does. And she seems to just accept everything that's happening to her in a very casual sense. I feel like she wasn't given a lot to work with script-wise, so I can't really blame the actress for this. But she, she rocks up at this people's house and the next morning they sit her down like we're gonna tell you that you're a witch you're part of our good witch bloodline despite the fact that we've never met but believe us you're a witch and this is also when their names are revealed blonde hair is lucy dark haired is sam and elena is the redhead uh, the last name is bell which i guess is like a nod to the bell witch uh, i'm going to talk about the whole amityville elephant in the room at the end of this plot summary but i have thoughts um, so they learn that they're white witches. One of them says lineage instead of lineage. Excellent. Uh, then they explain to her about her past life memories and about how she will always be a witch when she gets reincarnated. And during this scene, it really feels like they're struggling not to laugh. Like you can see them suppressing smiles and like pulling weird faces so as not to laugh. It's really off-putting for like the main exposition scene of the movie. Uh, they then light some jostics and have a jostic dance party. They sort of dance and twirl around while chanting out of sync and out of time. Again, for too long. The whole thing is just very cringe. They chant the four elements, which in this universe are earth, fire, life and death. So there we go. Jessica just trusts these kooks. She, she doesn't question like the last people who said they were witches. Kill the girl in front of her and she still doesn't go to the police about that, but... These three, they're, they're, um, they're trustworthy, apparently. Uh, then there's some, like, middle school level science tricks in this fucking scene where they'll gather around the cauldron to try and help Jessica tackle her, like, tap into her power. So one of them, like, opens her empty hand and then closes it. Then we get a cut to a drastically different time, like, the lighting has changed. And she opens the hand again and there's flower petals inside. And then the other one stirs a bowl of pink water with her finger and it turns blue. Which I think is what happens when you add something acidic to red cabbage water. But I could be wrong. She's like, oh wow, this is so cool. And it's like, really bitch? Because if this was a YouTube video aimed at children, I would be clicking off of it. Uh, but there we go. She tries to tap into her power and three like locusts appear on her hand. But then she conquers her fear and manages to make a goldfish in the bowl of water. And I kind of like this, I think, in a, a better acted scene that wasn't so stupid. And if the concept of what they were doing had been better explained, this would have worked. Like, obviously, she's conquering her fear. She stopped making scary things and has started making, like, nice things. If you like fish, I guess. Um, but as it is, this is just kind of like a damp squib. Meanwhile, the teacher, 
Dominique lady from the, the Academy takes a bath in blood because why not? And um, this is where the movie has its first you have massive balls movie moment because another Academy student perspective victim arrives and is let in as Dominique luxuriates in her bloodbath. And she keeps snapping her fingers and this girl like starts to have a kind of standing seizure, which is, I guess, what all magic does in this movie. And then she falls on the ground and we hear sounds to suggest that like bones are breaking each time Dominique is snapping her fingers. And this is almost exactly like the scene from the new Suspiria movie where, you know, during the dance, as one of the characters is dancing, another one is being thrown around the room and her bones are being broken. Um, so that they just kind of ripped off a lame attempt at doing the same thing but Suspiria is like a genuinely great movie and this is just a pile of straight to DVD trash so it now has pretensions and I'm getting even angrier at it. Anywho as I said no one kills anyone with magic so just at the the nick of time Dominique gets out of her bath and comes downstairs to just stab the girl because I guess it takes too much energy to just snap her neck from upstairs. Then talks to Botis, the demon, asking for more power. The way they show him is kind of cool because there's like a picture frame on a wall and then there's like a man in a hole behind it, kind of like he's trapped in a mirror or something. It looks kind of cool. If this was a TV show, I'd be like, yeah, they're doing the best with what they have, but I feel like this is taking low budget to new levels. Uh, basically, her intention is to release him, but she needs to give him um, Jessica so that she can actually control him. I don't know how this works because Jessica's meant to be incredibly powerful, so surely giving her to the demon will just make him more powerful. But apparently this will enable Dominique to control him because of reasons. Uh, meanwhile, Dominique then assembles the five girls who go to that academy. She assembles them and they stand threateningly several feet away from the house, but it's protected because of boundaries. So, you know, they can't get in. But they try. They, like, stand there and glare at the house. Again, no music or sound effects to show that magic's happening. It's just staring. The three witches come out and stare back while holding hands magic y'all uh but then they like pretend that their hands are being like pulled apart by magic but it's literally just two people letting their hands like slide over them again no music no sound effects there is no tension to what is going on just because of the way the film is made it's not even the acting at this point it's also the the way it's been put together uh but there we go jessica comes out in the nick of time to stand with them and this defeats dominique who skulls off with her merry band of yokels the three good witches suddenly have a brainwave that the elder can help us because she's read the demonic text why of course why did you not mention this earlier uh, apparently she's uh someone who like used to teach magic and taught them and also dominique uh, but is now out of the game because of various reasons unexplained uh they go to her house and please remember this because i will be talking about it later they just go in like the door doesn't seem to be locked they just walk in they look around there's a whole ass fire burning in the grate but they have the nerve to like wipe some dust off of some picture frames like huh maybe this house is abandoned now except transparently not jessica then drinks some suspicious potion from a pot on the stove because she's been called to do it by a weird whispery voice uh, and then they send her upstairs to talk to the elder alone but then the next scene is all three of them sitting in the lounge downstairs having a chat so that seemed pretty pointless one of the good witches elena has stayed behind to watch the academy and she gets chased 
through the woods because she gets seen watching the academy and um she gets caught by dominique who feeds her what looks like a bit of licorice and then reads her mind to find out that they've gone to see the elder meanwhile the elder shows them like the special magic book which looks like the charmed book of shadows but like a fifth of the size and recreated in crayon the drawings are literally like pictures that you would draw in middle school just like oh two big eyes and a kind of creepy orphan looking face jessica looks at this and goes oh my god she just looks she looks just like me like they couldn't be bothered to even run an actual photo of her through some software to make it look like a sketch uh but but no she is this crayon drawing and she's told again that she's special because she has this special mark I paused the movie and scrolled through Instagram for 10 minutes because I was bored. Then Elena arrives home and is rapidly diagnosed with magic slug in the mouth. So they, they give her a couple of drops of potion and Jessica's like, stay with us. I need you. And it's like, bitch, you've known her for two days. Calm down. But then they like get her to spit the, the slug into a bowl. And the slug extraction bowl looks exactly like the ritual sacrifice bowl from an earlier scene. So that's doing double duty in the old prop department. Dominique then arrives in a scene that was so funny, I called my brother from a different room just so he could see it. She like storms through the woods, throws her hand up to like dramatically force push open the elder's door and it creaks open like someone on the other side is not pulling very hard at a small piece of fishing line. Like it could be being blown open by the wind. That's how bad that looks. And Okay, maybe she was doing it to unlock the door, but as we already established when the other witches came, that door wasn't locked, they just walked in. So she opened the door with all the force of a light breeze because she's so fucking powerful. She then uses that power to, you've probably guessed it by now, wave her hand at the elder for a little bit to make her shake around like she might be in pain from something, maybe a urinary tract infection, before stabbing her with a knife because why the fuck not? In the very next scene, um, Dominique and her group of girls wearing capes and mini dresses arrive at the Three Good Witches' house and get in, stepping over just a random snake in the foyer, which I don't know why it's there. Is it an evil-affiliated snake or is it with the good guys? The snake's, like, orientation, good or evil-wise, goes unrecorded by history, but there's a snake there. Um, somehow they can now get in the house. Does the protection only work when people are awake? Because that's lame. This is never explained, but anyway, they use knockout dust on the three sisters who, all of them, when they get, because they're already asleep, so they blow this dust on them to, I guess, keep them asleep, but they all, like, move their head to one side and, like, let it hang down, like, they have somehow become more asleep than they already were. You're either asleep or you're not, my friend. What's happening? But they don't use it on Jessica, who then screams as they try and, like, get her out of the house, and it's like, why wouldn't you knock her out, just so she'd be easier to carry? I'm starting to lose the will here. Anywho, um, Dominique then has her own little joystick party in the house for no discernible reason, just so she can repeat the chant about, you know, the demising and the rising. Uh, but then they leave, and the three witches wake up and are like, oh, where's Jessica? And then they realise where she's gone and they go to rescue her. Before this, they have this, like, moment where they all sit down around the table in, like, broad daylight in their pyjamas, and it's like, is there no sense of urgency here? This woman has been slitting throats and stabbing people. Who knows what she would actually accomplish if we ever actually used magic for anything. But they sit down, they have a little chat, and they're like, we need to go and rescue Jessica. We'll do it with the power of three. And then they join hands and chant, the power of three. The power of three. And I'm like, bitch. 
first you come for that scene from Suspiria, and now you're coming for Charmed. This is like Charmed self-insert fanfiction. This, this, why is this here? You have to know, if you're making a film about witches, everyone knows about Charmed. Come on. This is just ridiculous. Uh, so, <laughs> the goal, of, again, of the movie just utterly staggered me. Uh, for once, actually, in this one scene, they use a musical cue for the magic because they all go to the gate of the academy, which I guess must be sealed with magic, even though we're never told that. And they sprinkle some powder on the floor and then the blonde one like holds up her hand and it actually feels like she's doing something instead of just holding her hand up. Like there's a definite kind of flex to her hand, the way the camera's moving on her, the way the music kind of punches up. You feel the sense that she's using some sort of outside force and not just standing there like a dipshit with her hand in the air. So this one time they did it correctly, it was potentially an accident. They go in and scuffle with the schoolgirls and then they scuffle with Dominique for a bit because she's using a poppet to try and um, hurt Lucy, who again kind of flops around and coughs and chokes on the floor before they stop Dominique from doing anything because no one can be killed by magic in this movie for some reason. They have kind of a confrontation. They do the same lightning thing as they did in the cemetery. I don't know what's meant to have changed because it's still three against one and they won last time. So they win this time and, and Dominique disappears in a little puff of smoke down to the basement where all the demon shit is. Uh, she then talks to the demon and vows to give him his final sacrifice if in exchange he wipes out the Bell Witch's entire bloodline. I was expecting some kind of twist here but there ain't one. Uh, she then picks up her foam LARPing sword and slits her throat with it and the others arrive just in time to see this. She kind of turns into Bottis as he is freed from his, like, dimension or whatever. And then um, <laughs> they all, like, run away and run outside to have, like, a little meeting. The blonde one delivers a line so badly here that I cannot believe this is the take that made it into the film. But she says, we have to banish him so his power doesn't go stronger. Go stronger? Okay. And they didn't think mm, maybe we should get her to say that again in a way that makes sense. Nope, that's the one they used. Uh, the demon then comes in and grabs Jessica, who at this point I realised had been kind of absent from the movie for a while. Like they had a scene where she was like learning to use her powers by moving a small log. And that was kind of it. We don't really learn anything about her or about her like family, friends, interests, goals in life. She doesn't really have a character arc because she doesn't have a character. She's just there. But she's here now. The demon grabs her and then he starts to like glow red and scream and she like holds up a hand and there's a flash and he dies. The effect of him dying is actually pretty good. I would say it's probably the best digital effect they actually use in the movie. So I'll give them that. Maybe they were saving it up for this this end part. And then we have like the cut to like the morning after the, the sort of establishing of the new order, the end of the story. Here we have, if it's possible, the third big bollock moment. This movie has three big balls and it's not afraid to shake them in your face. This big ball moment is the set for a sequel. Uh, so the three good witches are just sort of sitting around downstairs and they're like, those girls from the academy, maybe we should take them under our wing and teach them witchcraft, but let's do it here because that academy is cursed. And I'm like, did you forget how all of them just sort of stood around partaking in human sacrifice? I think maybe the one who ate like the human blood right at the beginning is now dead or something because there was like a scuffle that I missed because I only had like half an hour on the TV but even so they were all complicit in human sacrifice and in coming to your house to try and kill Jessica 
and to, to kidnap Jessica and feed her to a demon. Why would you now teach them more witchcraft? Are you insane? But okay. They're awoken by Jessica screaming upstairs and they all like run to her room and she sits up and she's like, oh my God, there's something coming. We have to go to Salem. And then the dark haired one who's kind of like the funky Lorelei Gilmore of the group is like, oh my God, are you serious? And then we get credits. Blessedly, there are credits. Finally, there are credits. The movie is over. So my issues with this movie, <laughs> I have some. Uh, one, the acting is just pretty terrible, like uniformly across the board. I don't know if it's because the script is really bad or they're not being directed very well, but the acting is just poor. Let's, let's just call a spade a spade here. Poor acting. The story is okay because it's been okay in every other film and TV series that I've seen it in. Person discovers they have incredible power, even for member of group of supernatural beings they were not previously aware of. Person discovers that there are good factions and evil factions that want to use their power. This is not groundbreaking stuff. It's pretty safe territory. The story makes sense. Pretty competently executed. It's missing any form of characterization. We don't know why Dominique is so set on releasing this demon so she can control him. I guess she just wants power, but if she learned with these other three from the Elder, what happened to her to make her this desperate to do deals with demons? We don't find anything about Jessica, who I guess is maybe our main character. I think the three good witches are meant to have distinct personalities, you know, kind of like Charlie's Angels, but only the kind of Lorelai Gilmore one has like a distinct personality of being just kind of the funky one. And the other two don't seem to have a personality or maybe they're sharing one. I don't know. Uh, so that's pretty poorly defined that, that again, the characterization are pretty poor. The effects I'm not mad about because obviously it's kind of low budget anyway. Uh, I think, to be honest, they could have cut out the effects entirely if they'd managed to competently use music or sound cues to show when magic is happening and to act like when magic is happening. Because in a lot of episodes of Charmed, which obviously this is aware of, the actual effect of them using magic, it, it, there is no actual effect layered over it. It is just them looking at something or gesturing at something. And then it moves and there's just a musical thing or, you know, they'll look at someone and chant and then that person will scream and die. So it can be done. I wish that there hadn't been quite so many very long lingering shots of just people holding their hands up at people while the other person transparently didn't know what to do. It kind of smacked of like playground role play where everyone's just kind of scrambling to try and work out what the rules are. Also, there's kind of a, a weird little plot hole because the Good Witches have been watching the Academy and they say that they haven't really been using their magic because they're afraid of discovery and persecution like before. Okay, fine, I'll buy that. But they've been watching the Academy and intercede when Jessica is going to get killed, but not when preceding sacrifices have been killed. They just let that happen. So they're, they're not that good. That goes unaddressed. They never call the police about Sally. No one's family ever turns up. Like, do these girls not have parents? No. No budget for them? Okay. So, obviously, <laughs> this was not the best. Um, I was kind of looking forward to something, I guess, kind of like a cross between The Craft and The Coven. Um, like, or maybe The Craft and Five Girls. Something of that ilk. You know, reasonably competent acting, good effects. You know, just kind of like a low budget type thing.
but I honestly feel like more effort went into the actual cover design. And I think they've like put filters and stuff over the actual images on the back to make it look scarier and more horror-y than it actually was. Like more effort's gone into that and into actually making a good movie. I kind of am now viewing High Flyers in the same category as like Blumhouse, where it's just like a massive crapshoot as to what kind of quality you're going to get. Uh, but this one was pretty bad. Um, and beyond a certain point, it was kind of a, a, a chore to watch. So I wouldn't really recommend it unless, you know, you're real glutton for punishment. Bare minimum, it did have witches in it, which, as we all know, is not a guarantee. Uh, I'm just going to address quickly the whole like, Amityville thing, uh, because I don't know why that's there. They do mention that they are in Amityville. For anyone who's not aware of this, Amityville, like the Amityville horror, the film, is basically based on the idea that there was this horrible family annihilation murder that took place in Amityville. And then someone wrote a book about it and like there's been films and stuff based on the fact that a couple or like family who moved into it afterwards kind of voiced feelings that the house was haunted. That's my very brief understanding of, of the whole Amityville thing. Uh, I don't know why that's here because aside from the just the cachet of the name, there's a lot of bad movies out there with Amityville in the title, like The Nun. Like The Nun came out and then there are a bunch of shitty horror films about nuns. The Amityville horror came out and then there's a bunch of shitty horror films about Amityville. I feel like this film is just trying to cash in on the whole, like, there's witches, like kind of The Craft, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, a lot of stuff that's popular right now, but also Amityville. So it's kind of a designed by committee title, but it has nothing to do with the whole haunting aspect. It also mentions like the Bell Witch, as in their last name is Bell. It just feels like someone's kind of tried to grab bag a bunch of stuff from different horror movie franchises or different witch franchises and cobble it together into a movie. Uh, and it definitely feels that shallow. And uh, to be honest, I don't really know how I feel about the whole Amityville thing because it's just basically a horrible true event. And I'm not really comfortable with cash grab movies based on it or based on the sort of perceived horror of haunting or demons being responsible for it so that's pretty trashy in and of itself and it did not help um, my enjoyment of the movie so with that being said if anyone has a recommendation for a movie that I might actually enjoy please drop it in the comments on YouTube or tweet me. Um, you can find all the information in the description box uh, because I'm desperately trying to find a good witchy movie to watch and it's just not happening recently. So I could use some help. <laughs> and in the meantime, I'll see you in the next one. Bye.